0: You see that headline going around that um, a bunch of companies aren't going to drug test anymore because of the shortage of employees.
1: Yeah. I'm like, guys, we actually did something.
0: Well, I wish you guys could see my sh- sweater, shorter <laughs> sweaters <laughs>
1: that I'm wearing. I was wearing the same this morning, and I'm so upset that it gets hot in Texas, and I literally can't <clears throat> do anything like that past 10 a.m. But it's so cute. It has two little pumpkins on your boobies, such in the little spirit of Halloween. Yeah. It's crazy because Halloween is involved in this story. Like in Ooh. a really weird way, I was not expecting it, but it happened and I was like, damn, I picked a good month to do this. I don't know what part I'm going to say Hell it yeah. in, but oh yeah. Beware. This is going to be multiple, multiple, like more than two for sure parts. Possibly. Hell yeah. Possibly. Four. Kristen's got a long end. It, It's a long one. Four. Guys. <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm telling you, it might be, this is a fucking, it's a, I had to read a book by like over f- almost five hundred pages. <laughs> I lie. It's a little under five hundred pages, but <laughs> it, that's a fucking lot of pages for someone like me to read. Who like TikTok is telling me I have uh, borderline like ADHD going on. Like, so yeah, reading a book is way hard for me, and I somehow managed. Well, I'm not quite done with it, but I'm almost done with it. So it's like wild, man. Anywho, fuck. Sorry, this is the Red Rum and Red wild. Wine podcast. <laughs> The podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, and mishaps, and book reviews. Yeah. <laughs> this is Kristen.
0: Uh, and Sarah, who will not be giving book reviews because I'm good at starting books but not finishing them.
1: Documentary reviews for Sarah's case. <laughs> You've been given some good ones, man. I want to watch them. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, this one's brought to you by a book. I give the author later on, but... Yeah, man, we just fucking chilling. Not really. I'm fucking stressed out, man. I like we really gave ourselves time, and then uh, we fucked it up. And now we're like, whoa, the schedule's tight, but. <laughs> It's okay. You know, I, we like to live life on the edge, baby.
0: I'm fine. I'm not unraveling. I'm, I'm great. Not,
1: <laughs> I'm not unraveling, and I did not get so drunk due to the unraveling last episode. My God, editing that. I was like, Kristen, honey, are you? do you need a glass of water? But it's okay. We're taking it nice and light. <laughs> Hopefully Simba doesn't call me out by tipping one over, but I got a little weight claw in my hand. Nice. I'm
0: drinking a beer that I brought back from Colorado. It's called Starburst IPA. Ooh. It's not a Colorado beer. I just brought it back from Colorado. It's from Oregon. I like the name. I
1: like, yeah, okay, I know it doesn't cool. sound, like, I, oh, you know, not what I imagined because I imagined, you know, a Starburst. Yeah. Like the candy, like but cute. Galactic yeah I like it I like it but I guess um I'm just kind of I really want to talk about the story because man I've been sitting on it for a second so shall we just Fuck yeah let's get, get into in? it
0: dude like I've been hearing like just I know like slightly what it involves one topic and you said I'm gonna have a lot of questions so I'm just yeah. like ready to fucking hear what this is about
1: I mean like I'm gonna be tray embarrassed if y'all don't think it's as crazy but I mean honestly I I really don't just understand how you could not think that this is so crazy um but you say Trey
0: embarrassed yeah (laughs) is what the is that what the tiktokers are saying
1: no that's what I'm saying ho (laughs) <laughs> I'm like that's French, right? Like tremenifique. Yeah. No. <laughs> Is that even I'm tres, uh, tres no French one France? no one listens to us in France, so like I'm allowed to say it cuz it's like no one can come <coughs> for me unless fuck Canada does listen. But I don't think the French part of it does. Anywho, z's. <laughs> um, <laughs> trigger warning before we get started. I'm I'm a, I'm doing it guys. I'm officially being prim and proper and I'm going to do it before I get started. Because it's, yeah, this episode deals with a lot of sexual assault. And the way that it happens, I do have to go into detail for you to get a picture of how this person was able to get away with it for as long as they did. And, like, how the victims kind of were unaware of what was going on. So, along with that, it also does have a lot of victim blaming, um, which by no means are we encouraging, but it is part of the story. And it is like as someone who was writing this down, it's hard to hear. So if this is something that you are very sensitive to, if this isn't something that you think you would be comfortable hearing, I totally get it. It's a very hard case. Uh, It's not a murder per se, like no one dies in this, but the crime is so horrific. You feel as if these it has been a death to like this entire mm-hmm. fucking town. So, um, yeah, totally understand that this one isn't your cup of tea. But for those who want to stick around and hear it, this one is unfortunately like an old version of a case that we have recently heard as Americans today. Like I know we've all heard of like the the Larry Nassar case and you think Mm. that this is like kind of a one-off scenario, but unfortunately it's not. So for today, I will be talking about a small town in Wyoming by that goes by the name of Lovell and how a doctor named John Story was able to use his power and status to rape hundreds of women right in the privacy of his own office.
0: My God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I feel myself, like, sizzling already. (laughs) It's...
1: uh, There are so many layers to this story. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, like, I I have to do it in parts because I just... I can... I wrote it down, and I'm really going to try to stick to what I wrote down. I'm not going to try and go off on tangents, but, oh, my God, when you hear this shit, it is so hard for you to not make a comment on what is going on or, like... we'll see we'll see anyways so a lot all essentially of the information that i got for this case is from a book called doc the rape of a town level i really hope i'm saying that right i'm sorry if i'm not but it is by jack olson it is a freaking thick book it's like okay it's 500 page almost 500 pages that's thick for me but um It is very well written. It is a very interesting read. If you have any interest in this case at all, I highly recommend getting that book. It was really cheap too, which is why I bought it. But yeah, totally recommend it. In the book, the town of Wobble was described as dry, dusty, demoralized, and dying.
0: Okay, why did you have to talk about me like that? I know, so like, (laughs) why is this town... So maybe I should move there.
1: <laughs> so so maybe I, that is my new Tinder uh, headline: <laughs> dry, dusty, demoralized, dying. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is gonna line up all the men. I'm telling you. So, um, you would think that it's like a really tiny town when you hear it, because I've never heard of it. But fun fact: it's actually the biggest town in Big County in Wyoming. Oh it's not really that big though i was about to say like
0: some towns and cities are counties themselves
1: yeah well i mean the pop the population's like a little over 2000 and that was like back in 2010 and there like hasn't been an update since so it's like (laughs) it's not that big of a brag for them you know like i'm the biggest city in the county i'm the only city in this county
0: that's pretty small, because I think where I live, it's, uh, you know, way more than that. And this is a I fucking I feel like my fucking town.
1: graduating class was, like, half of that. So <laughs> it's, like, pretty insane that a town is literally, like, the population of my high school, pretty much. So big is better than Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the town also has a rather large Mormon population. So around like half of the population at the time, I don't really know about now, it was kind of hard to get demographics on that, but around half of the population during the time of this case are practicing Mormons and the rest are fairly like Christian based. So it's a very, very religious town and I'm just going to throw, throw that fishing reel out there right now and tell y'all this is a really religious base. So I'm going to try and keep my jokes to a min. Um, (laughs) Uh, so i don't
0: know if i'm going to
1: yeah but i mean it's i don't know it depends on
0: how this goes
1: yeah i'm drinking a white claw this is like four parts and if you think it's going the way that you think be like don't because there are a lot of (laughs) twists and turns and so it's like everyone's an asshole of every religion so it don't think that i'm not and no one is safe (laughs) no one's safe if we do Mm -hmm. anywho but it's not gonna happen guys okay sorry i just have to give that warning Now, before John Story, who is the doctor that this whole case is surrounded of in, uh, before he moved into town, they obviously had had previous doctors in the town. uh, And unfortunately, this was not the first bad doctor that they had experienced. So there was a Harvard alum by the name of William Watts Horsley, who was practicing medicine on Park Avenue before Story and really any of the other doctors came into town. And this guy would serve on the American Rose Society. He would like do these biological studies. I don't know if that's the right word, but he would like do these studies on roses and like make new ones up. Like another fun fact, genetic stuff. Yeah, I guess like Lovell is also known as Rose City, and they have like I don't know if they like make roses, and that's how where a lot of their income is. But a lot of Lovell like in their parades and stuff they have roses and all that shit so i don't know if like it's their city flower or if they have areas where they grow a lot of roses and that's why they're known for it but for whatever reason this town is just like really big on roses so cool yeah so he was even called the rose doctor like everyone in the city fucking loved him he was like a cool dude and he ran the town But in the final years of his practice, he would be forced off the staff at the hospital in the town of Lovell. And people would basically say if anyone asked or if there were rumors going around, it was like, oh, you know, he breached the drug rules, you know, like he was taking some medicine from the side. He was just doing Mm. something naughty. But the real truth behind it was that he had been caught, quote, flagrant. Delecto with another doctor's male patient. I don't think I said that right, but, like, basically, he was hooking up with male patients, and I don't think oh. that it was ultimately consensual. Okay. So, basically, like, the higher-ups of the hospital knew, and that's why they kicked him out, and... They were just like, whatever. He likes to force himself on these young men. It's his business. We just don't want you to do it here. But he would go to open his own private practice and continue to do it. But everyone was just kind of like, whatever. Like, he's doing it behind his closed doors. It's no big deal. Huh. So he would actually end up dying in 1971. And everyone... Like, no one really went to his funeral, and they just kind of were just like, yeah, this guy just did a lot of bad things, and we kind of all swept it under the rug. But at the end of the day, like, after all of this is said and done, a lot of people in the town would say, like, the Rose Doctor brought the shame that was about to come onto this town. Like, he's the reason... The start, basically, of this roller coaster that was, like, the fucked up karma that came to this town because... But it's, like, a really weird way of saying it. Because, like, karma to who? Because there were so many victims involved. But to a lot of people, they were just saying, like, I guess because we let this pass, it made way for a greater evil to, like, come and sweep into this town. Yeah. I
0: could see that, like, a domino effect almost.
1: Yeah. So... John's story was like a really quiet, small, timid man. Uh, like his wife Marilyn was five three, and he was just a few inches taller than her, hmm. so pretty short in stature, and had like really dark hair. Was just a lot of people, as you'll hear later on, describe him as like really geeky and timid. Um, and I'll say later on, like his education and whatnot, whatever it doesn't matter. I'll say it later on. So his wife, Marilyn, would be described as having a rather low opinion of herself whenever they had moved into the town of Lovell. And a lot, honestly, a lot of people would say that she she herself would describe how she didn't seem to fit into the role of like this doctor's wife. Um, like she would admit to others that she wasn't very affectionate, like she didn't like being affectionate towards others. And it would even get to the point where later on in her life, she would have, like, when she had children, she would have to remind herself to hug her children. Aww. But she would describe John as being, like, the exact opposite. He liked having the touch and feely stuff, but it really seemed like she herself, it wasn't um, in her nature to be that way. Huh. The pair would have three daughters together. But unfortunately, their youngest, Annette, who was born in 1967, would be tragically killed when she was just 20 months old. After Annette had walked into a blind spot of a woman's car when Marilyn was stepping inside to do something really quick in the house. Ugh. Yeah. And you'll see... As I describe later on, like, John's story quickly becomes a very well-respected and, like, well-loved man in the community. Um, It's really insane how the things, like, fold out later on. And it's crazy how in, in hearing your story, it was crazy to see how much, like, it is really going to reflect into this one it's like a Oof, lot of similarities
0: yeah. So get the community to love you and mm-hmm. then,
1: yeah so whenever Annette had died they like the whole entire town would rally together to support this man so mm-hmm. it really is just a notion to show like how one this made the community feel a lot of sympathy towards him and two yes. since he was so respected and so well liked it made the community rally together to help him because you'll see he does this for a very long time and he does not get caught until like way after the late 60s so he's already been doing this he's continuing to do it and like so at this time he's really well loved and whatnot so It's very insane, but we'll get a little bit later or in later on into like, um, how he became a doctor of level and whatnot. Okay. But the beginning of the story really focuses on the MacArthur family and specifically the women of the MacArthur family. So there are three women that are pretty much the domino effect of what caused this story to become a story. Because up until this point, he had been getting away with it. Mm-hmm. The story and basically the perspective starts off with Arden, who is the mother of the MacArthur family. So she had ended up being extremely good friends with John's story, but ultimately would end up being his demise. Arden was born a depression child on a 40-acre farm that was just west of Lovell. She would help her family raise things like potato, corn, peas, string beans, asparagus, like all types of food. She would slaughter the animal. She would do any kind of chore that really you would do if you ran a large farm. Yeah. She was also raised in a Mormon household. So she would describe how women would ultimately be raised to be subservient. This is in her words, not mine. This isn't a joke. So don't come for me. Uh, they would be very oblivious and untouched by the sexual revolution or women's movements and often they would be forced to stay in their place she also like describes in the book basically how i don't want to say brainwashed but i want to say like how dedicated she was to the church so she does say that hey if the church told us to not enlighten teenagers about sex or tell them what sex is or sexual education of the sorts like she was going to go with it and not tell them like she was going to go with whatever the church said if the church said because the mormon church at some point this is a fact said that people of color were not eligible for priesthood she believed it and she didn't fight it because that was what the church was saying she even went to say like when Mormons first came into America, they were very big on polygamy and it was allowed within the culture. I think like to some degree, it still is obviously sister wives. Hello. Mm -hmm. But um, she would have, if she would have been in that or earlier Mormon culture, she would have accepted polygamy and she would have had it be a part of her life because in her eyes, her culture, her religion is everything. And she wants to live by those laws and that, sacrifice in order to get into the celestial kingdom and in there in Mormonism it's not like you die and you go to heaven it's like I mean I guess it isn't I don't I'm not Mormon so I'm gonna say it wrong but it's like basically the celestial kingdom and it's like who you marry your husband your children will go with you forever you know to them it's not till death do you part like when you die you go together to the celestial kingdom and you live for eternity so it's wow. like that's really kind of like their thing and how they go about it. And she was very obligatory to what they had to say. You know, they're asked to abstain from coffee, tea, alcohol, tobacco, <laughs> cola <laughs> drinks. Yeah, they can't even <laughs> drink soda. Um, and they adhere to the commandments of the gospel. They're asked to attend church func- functions, and they're even asked to refuse associate to. Refuse association with backsliders and, above all, have moral cleanliness. So what I mean with refuse to associate with backsliders, if someone goes out of the Mormon faith... (laughs) And this is where I start to have a problem with it because you'll see later on being raped is... uh, Like, you can get kicked out of the church for being raped. So if, let's say, you get raped and you're kicked out of the church and you associate with that person, you... That's, like, you associating with a backslider, and they don't want you to do that. Mm. Uh, so that's where I tend to have issues with it. But I'm not going to say that this is, like, 100%, because let's be honest, like, I fucking watch Real Housewives, and they have a Salt Lake City in Utah where some of the wives are Mormon, and there's a Mormon wife that owns a tequila company and, like, sells tequila. So yeah. I I'm not going to sit here and say all Mormons are like this. I'm just saying this is Arden's experience. This is how she... Uh, decided to follow out her belief and her religion she was someone who abstained from all of these things and um, but I don't like there are definitely people that live it out different ways and you'll see right. there are as, different
0: um, like there are more traditional Mormons and less traditional yeah. it's, nowadays there's so many different types of living within that uh, religion or community so it really can just uh, mean different things as far as how you're raised or what you're
1: or what yeah what your beliefs are and like they're your beliefs and you're allowed to believe them so you yeah. can live your religious beliefs however you want and like you'll see not in this story unfortunately but um like I've <laughs> it sucks that like the Real Housewives is really the only like outside perspective that I have on it but <laughs> I mean I do see some of these trends unfortunately In the show, but I do see them being a lot more liberal and a lot more free than what you hear now. So I like I really don't want you to think that, like, I'm talking shit about Mormons because I'm not. But I. I But this is also in
0: the 60s. And it's so different back then.
1: Yeah, I have a rant that I wrote down later on. (laughs) (laughs) But I it's basically like I think the issue that I have is there are people that will run their religion under the word of Mormonism, under the word of Christianity, under the word of this, and interpret w- their religion in a fucking like not how God really wants you to. I'll just wait for my timed rant, okay. but it's it's just more like the leaders the the leaders are showing are running it corruptly rather than the religion running it corruptly. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: It's more of like a there are people just saying it wrong yeah yeah Um,
0: they just um use it use the text and context of the religion itself to yeah they use the book of
1: god or the word of god to get away with a lot of things that ultimately like god would not (laughs) fucking want you to get away with it's just like what anywho but um it's really just to show like this is i'm saying this to show the mentality of what these women mormon women were subjected to and not necessarily the brainwashing, I think a little bit maybe because they are told to be so subservient that it right. it does leave a, a toxic environment for a victim to live in. And it also, um, like, provides a environment for victims to have, like, for victims. It enables it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: they're told to just go with it. Yeah. Be in your place. And they think that's what they're supposed to do. They see it as normal
1: yeah, you're gonna, it's, it, it gets sad, but you're going to see it. It gets really fucked up. So, unfortunately, at the age of six, Arden would experience her first experience, or would experience her first trauma with sexual assault. So she would be staying overnight with a close family friend when she would be sexually assaulted by her uncle after she had crawled into the wrong side of the bed after becoming scared during the night. Hmm. She had been too scared to cry out as the uncle was pestering her. But thankfully, she was able to leave the bed, I guess, at that time. But she had been too traumatized to tell anyone. And when she finally was able to tell someone, uh, her husband, Dean, he would simply tell her that nobody says things like that and that she had been right to keep it quiet.
0: Hmm. hmm hmm
1: I know it's, like, it sounds really (laughs) bad, and I, too, felt that way. But she later finds out that her husband, too, had been molested as a child. And it was something that he was raised to never speak of, like, when he, I guess, had tried to get help on the matter. And that's another issue I have with this story and why it makes it so hard. There is a lot of sexual assault that happens outside of John's story. Everyone in this town, I feel like has experienced some form of sexual assault and it is really like, I'm like the the stats are too high on this case for you to say that there is not something going wrong here. So we need to figure it out. And I, in my mind, do believe it was the lack of education for sexual natures like learning what a penis is learning what a vagina is learning hey if someone is having is if someone is raping you this is wrong we they literally didn't talk about anything and it it raised an environment for a lot of sexual assault to happen to the children of this town and it is really fucking sad to see and that's why you Teach your children, hey, this is a penis, this is a vagina, these are breasts, this is sex. If anyone yeah, tries anything... this
0: is anything, what's okay, this is what's not okay.
1: Yeah, and if you say no, that means no. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, it, it's just really heartbreaking and devastating to read how much pain happens outside of John's story. Especially when John's story has brought so much pain and suffering in itself. It's Yeah, insane. well, I mean,
0: obviously, in this, the instance you just mentioned... Uh, the assault happened by a family member and yeah um, so we just from the information you've given so far with john being a doctor and him molesting hundreds he's obviously molesting like patients and whoever so but this just shows us that it's it's happening within families as well yes which obviously we know happens in yeah uh, assault cases especially with children but within this specific community um You know, because a lot of times when we think religion, you think, oh... They would never do something like that, but it's actually more common than we think. So, and you'll
1: actually see that a lot of religious leaders find out and just totally dismiss it, and they don't do mm-hmm. anything about it. They and don't. that's the issue. That's the issue that I have with it. And I, I'll save that rant for when I have it written out because that's more better than me going off <laughs> freestyle, you know. But it, it's just really fucked up, and it's really like God wouldn't want you to do that. So I don't understand why you're using religion as the excuse to do that. That's what right. fucks me up, and that's when and then I, also the
0: excuse. To cover it up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's when I disassociate with it. That's not my religion, bro. And I'm not going to go to a church that practices that or that thinks that that's okay. Like when you think about it, the fucking, sorry, this is a total random tangent, but the Vatican right now is going through a huge laundering scheme because the museums have been closed down and we haven't had as much of an income due to COVID. We're finding out that there is a huge laundering scheme going on right now. And like the Pope has been taken out, not the Pope per se, but the Vatican itself has been taking out millions to buy these nice houses, to buy all these nice things, basically using the money for the wrong fucking reason. And now they have no way of paying for it because their income has been cut in half due to COVID. And (laughs) it's like we we think like oh because they're religious it's okay but it's like no it's not fucking okay and we shouldn't support these churches that in the end of the day do these terrible things like it's literally a joke that we make that catholic priests rape little boys and instead of doing something to fix it we make jokes about it and it's right. like it's i know it's our dark humor and there's nothing at the end of the day i guess that we well, can fucking do about so it surprised like, what the fuck? When,
0: when it's true <laughs> like no it's just it's
1: a hard pill to fucking swallow it's like What, do we just not have Catholic priests anymore? Like, I guess it's a harder problem than I could rant in five minutes on this podcast, but it's just, like, uh, a lot of bad things happen, not just within Mormon, because, like I said, Catholic, Christian, fucking all... Other religions, there is going to be that small crack of evil, but it's like, how do you combat it? It's just hard when you live in a world where it's literally like fucking evil all around. Sorry, I did not mean to go that deep. No, it's
0: okay. Well, it's because they're so prideful, usually in their religion, that a part of, you know, they don't, they cover Mm -hmm. shit up because yeah um they're embarrassed i guess to admit that
1: they're wrong like what the fuck but it's like well and then also
0: in this instance with the mormon community you know they're silenced because it's a crime to be raped in their eyes and you get excommunicated or whatever so that's one thing that pressures you not to talk about it so like say you know your kid gets assaulted and your parents the the parents tell them you can't ever talk about it not necessarily because of shit being fucked up but because you know they don't want you to get kicked out of the church yeah <laughs> it it could be as simple as that but um so that just brings it back to using the religion as a, an excuse to it's a crutch keep it it's a crutch yeah yeah
1: it it's fucked so it's just Yeah, it's it's literally like basically the leaders of the communities are basically saying we're doing these things and especially in the Mormon community when I'm not saying especially I'm just saying sorry. In the Mormon community, their presidents or I'm sorry, I don't know the proper term, but like their bishops, whoever they elect Elders. as like their leader <laughs> is seen as like a prophet to them, like a prophet's like saying, hearing God's words and like they're saying God's words. And I'm, if I'm saying that a little bit wrong. I'm sorry. But for the most part, they are seen as like a prophet. They're like fucking next person of whatever. And so when you have these people who are sh- apparently prophets and speak God's words and then they're telling rape victims it's your fault or they're saying hey there's nothing I can do about it I'm not going to stop this evil man I'm going to continue to let this evil happen or even like they will see later on they will sign these like uh, temple recommendations or whatever for people that they know go off and rape little children And they will sign their temple recommendation so they can get married and temple so they can live the celestial kingdom with their fucking family. And I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. I hope when you die, God sits you personally sits you down and says, hey, everything that you did, bro, I did not say that you did that fucking wrong. And now I will personally walk you to the gates of hell where you fucking belong because sit your ass down. You don't you don't you're not going up you're going straight down like fuck you Mm -hmm. fuck you i'm sorry if that offends people but that it offends me that they do that to victims fuck you yeah anyhow
0: dot com
1: dot com (laughs) (laughs) so Arden actually meets uh dr john story in 1958 shortly after he arrives into the wyoming town you said 1958 sorry yeah, 1958. Okay. He's born in like 1930s. Okay. So it, uh, I don't think he he doesn't get caught until he's like in his 60s. So it, Shit. you'll see like, uh, the story. My story goes through like decades worth of oh well like two a decade two decades worth of uh, stories or like information, wow. which is why it's gonna probably be so many parts. But um, she did not originally go to John's story so her doctor was originally Dr. Tom Croft and
0: was he the first guy you mentioned or a different doctor
1: no so Tom Croft was actually like I ooh, it's in the book I didn't write it down I believe he was like the brother-in-law or something like that but he was definitely like a partner with tom croft but it's also a small town so he like uh someone he knew had married him and they were like related by that okay um but he was actually partners with the first dr horsley but after everything went down they like separated of course and he opened up his own business Gotcha. arden i'm assuming knew this but she saw croft as someone who she trusted and i don't think it was just kind of like croft just got the shit end of the stick by being associated with this shitty person like I don't think he was a bad doctor at least not from what I read in the book mm-hmm. oh yeah I, sorry I did write it down fun fact <laughs> Dr. Croft was Horsley's brother-in-law and former medical partner so I was right cool. look at that memory at I, I can still smoke weed and not feel bad at the end of the day um But her infant daughter, Minda, was running a fever one day and Croft was actually out of town. So she had no choice but to go to John's story because during any given time, there are only like two to three doctors in this town, sometimes like just John. So it's a small town, not a lot of doctors, yada, yada. Right. When she first met John, she would describe him as a Pulperfect Geek whatever that means <laughs> but she like essentially would say that this dude had no fucking personality in the book she says he's just blah
0: oh so <laughs> always yeah.
1: great. it's kind of crazy how she ends up being such like a good friend of his because when she first meets him she's like what the fuck um
0: oh my god that's so weird with how that happened in my story too
1: i know so <laughs> while she's like thinking all these nasty thoughts of john like oh you're weird ill your shoes ill, whatever she's like okay okay arden like come on let's let's not be judgmental the bible says save the (laughs) judging for god um and she was like i don't have to worry about going back to this dude like tom croft is coming back whatever i just have to get through this one instance but ultimately because dr tom is old he decides that or not old I guess he was just like done with level there's not like a lot to do there obviously so he's (laughs) like I'm gonna leave and Arden's like please please like don't leave you're the only doctor I trust and he's like Arden don't worry like come on I'll send you the story I send all my patients there and whenever I've gone out of town and sent one there they've never come back to me oh and when the doctor first said that it Arden thought that it was made to seem more like a compliment but years later she couldn't help but like see the darkness behind that statement
0: it gives me the heebie-jeebies
1: yeah it's gross as arden was a young mother a young mormon mother uh she found herself pregnant again she was not done having babies and she needed to see a doctor so doctor story was the one available i believe that there were like two to three other doctors um in town at the time but doctor story was the only one that seemed to stay in the town all the other doctors would stay for a little bit and then move on to bigger and better things john was just kind of the only one that stuck around and he seemed to like it there
0: hmm.
1: so I wonder why? yeah <laughs> and when she first went to visit him she would often complain like he made her wait there for hours oh Yeah, like, he would take a really long time to see her, and then, like, she would sit in the doctor's chair and wait, like, another hour to see him, and she was just getting super annoyed, but I guess around, like, five to six years of Doctor Story being in town and being a family doctor to the MacArthur's, Arden was kind of like, you know, I guess he's not that bad of a dude you know like he is really active in the baptist community which sorry i didn't say at the beginning because i'm just reading it but it's also a huge baptist thing sorry i think it's like the same as christianity i know that's wrong
0: but Um, he well there's a form of baptist like the latter day saints
1: yeah the lds well i I thought Um, it was like i thought lds was kind of like mormon
0: no. Well, they're similar. I mm. don't know how they differ, but I, I just because know just do... like, I worked with one LDS lady, and she um, just lived a little more conservative. She always wore long skirts, very religious. See, they,
1: they do mention a lot of LDS in the book, but it made it seem when they said it that it was tied more to, like, Arden's community rather than John's, but i mean like i literally don't fucking know shit about yeah, shit it just so. it
0: goes back to how traditional are you um because you can be a baptist lds and not be as conservative as yeah. like a full-on traditional mormon um but i'm i also don't know where like the, the line is drawn yeah
1: right i have far. no idea either because let's be honest that's that's <laughs> that's not our interest
0: there are similarities <laughs> so, i know that
1: <laughs> yeah but um she really liked the fact that like he didn't partake in the drinking he didn't smoke um and over time she would come to think of him as being a doctor of like equal or more skill than that of tom croft her last doctor hmm. in fact she would even say that he would be so detailed in his pelvic exams that it would often take him 30 to 45 minutes to complete one. (gasps) It would even take as long as 15 minutes for a simple pap smear because, you know, he's just that detailed and just that good. Okay. If you've never had a pelvic exam or a pap smear before, that's not normal. I know we do have some males that listen.
0: Yeah. Um, not normal at all. No.
1: Does not take that long. Like, like one to five minutes.
0: Feel around, little peek, little swab. Like you're good. Five
1: minutes is a long time. Yeah,
0: right. like it sometimes can feel longer when you're laying there, but in to- totality. The whole the whole exam and pap smear included should take 15, 20 minutes max.
1: Even though Arden would say that she hated getting this procedure done, she would, quote, will my mind to go elsewhere. And I never felt discomfort or pain. Of course, I wasn't crazy about his surprises. You'd go in there for a sore throat and he'd look at your chart and say, You haven't had a pelvic for a long time, and then you'd be flat on your back.
0: Okay. So it sounds like she's disassociating a little bit also, which is...
1: Yeah. Okay. And you'll learn, like, a lot of these women it's just, like, one, this is the only doctor that they've ever seen in their life. They don't know what a normal... exam looks like yeah they and don't know that
0: they should be getting pelvic exams once a year, not six times a year. Yes.
1: <laughs> and two, it's also the fact that it's their doctor, it's an authoritarian they trust position them. and they're going to listen to them. Yeah. He would even seemingly give the MacArthur family special privileges and like he would make house calls for them. If the if any of the children had to go to the hospital for something and it was John Story's day off, like he would he would be at the hospital by the time they got there. But there were like rumors, I guess, that Arden was hearing around town that like, oh, he's giving y'all special privileges. And it's like Arden is the book explains it in a lot of detail. And I could obviously spend time with it i like got to get through a lot of information but she's like a very strong-willed woman she dresses to impress herself not necessarily others but she takes a lot of pride in what she does and she's a very strong prideful woman even though like you hear in the mormon community oh women are made to be subservient like she is anything but and if Hmm. they were allowed leader positions like i could totally see her being a leader in some of it do
0: we know like about how old she is
1: um i don't think they ever give her age or date of birth i can look it up and uh if i find it i can let us know in part two but
0: yeah. no i'm just curious because i know
1: yeah they, they don't get really give young, ages have a bunch
0: of babies young or she could be older at this point with i know she already has children i'm just kind of wondering
1: I would definitely say she's on the younger side. Um, I need to reread the bit where it does her intro, but I don't think it says the year that she was born or anything yeah. like that. But I know she was born in the Depression era, so okay. like gives you kind of a timeline. But yeah, so when she heard the rumors that like, oh, John is giving you special privileges, she would show up to John's office and be like, yo, stop it. Like, don't give me special privileges. I'm not like you don't treat us more than anyone else. Like, we are just the same as everyone else. You need to treat us so. Like, she wasn't about being seen or as higher above anyone else or anything like that. So for years, they would solely see each other at his office. Though over time, she would start to invite him to political luncheons, which he would make, like, weird comments like, oh, is that going to affect our doctor-patient relationship? Mm -hmm. Um, But then they would even go on to like chat for long periods of time in his office like she would go over there and essentially kind of like talk to him all day Hmm. like she would even wait for him in between appointments like he would do an exam real quick or however long he took and then he would go back down and sit with her and they would talk a lot about religion though it seems like religion is kind of where they had a lot of conflict because they would argue that, like they don't see this they don't uh, they don't believe in the same God. Their God is like different. I don't know. There was a lot of um, conflict later on with the religion that you'll see later on is like kind of a key factor in some stuff. It, I wasn't even seeing it, but when it was brought to me, I was like, "Shit, how did I miss that?"
0: Hmm.
1: So shortly after Story's uh, daughter Annette had died john decided that he had had enough with the baptist church he basically had said that they were too liberal for him he didn't like what they were doing and he decided to basically have a meeting and that he was going to open up a fund and make a new church and eventually out of that they opened the Lovell bible church now arden would and like because they opened this church the baptist church like went bankrupt so he he got a lot of people from the Baptist Church to move into this new oh church. My God. Yeah. So I am telling you, it's fucking weird, man. It's that fucking weird. Me,
0: yeah. Um, like in how my story, I yeah didn't exactly put in he my the notes same. the name of uh, Scott Rogers Church that he opened up. I totally saw it in a source afterwards, and I was like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, it's you know some kind of Christian based yeah church
1: if, but any, just, if anyone cared it's whatever but it's just so insane and it really shows like how the community stood by him and yeah. followed him in and whatever he him, did literally yeah yeah literally it, um... arden and i believe one of her daughters i forget which one would go to visit the church but she was horrified when she walked in because oh. she would see like people were smoking inside of the church and oh, she was no. like yeah she walked up to John she's like John oh my god like you're letting people you're letting people do this you're letting people smoke in your church like i thought you were a very like righteous baptist boy like why the fuck are you doing this and then on top of that she had discovered through like rumors because i'm sorry it said it in the book Mormons like love to gossip because that's all they can do you know? <laughs> if you can't fucking do drugs or drink soda pop you gossip so uh, she would discover through gossip that in John's church they actually talked like kind of a little bit of shit about the Mormon faith. Like, oh, those Mormons, they don't know what they believe in. Like, they're just these ignorant people, blah, blah, blah. And when she would go to confront John about it, he would be like, oh, I had no idea. I'll give him a talking to blah, blah, blah. But you'll see kind of later on, like, he was probably super down and was like, yeah, I'll say that shit. Right.
0: So he didn't preach. He just opened and, like, funded the church.
1: Yeah. I don't read anywhere that he preached. It's kind okay. of hard to imagine him preaching because in a lot of the instances where he's talking, he's like this little timid fucking little dude. Yeah. In both, like, stature and personality. So I, I really can't see him, like, getting a crowd pumped up. <laughs> Uh, either way, Arden would like start to pick up around this time that like John really was controlling of his wife or his daughters. Like if Arden was like, "Oh, well, let me talk to them about faith," he'd be like, "No, I don't want you to talk to them about anything. Mm. Like they basically can't make their own decisions for them. I have to make it for them, kind of deal."
0: Love it.
1: Love love that kind of mm-hmm. mm, toxicity. So. <laughs> In the early 1970s, Arden would receive a phone call from an LDS friend, Patty, or sorry, dot, named Dottie Perry. And she was a rather nervous woman who liked to gossip. So Arden basically, like, answered the phone And was like, hey, who is this? And uh, her friend was like, oh, it's Dottie. And Arden's like, okay. And continues to, like, ignore the conversation. She's just kind of like, eh, whatever. I'm just waiting until you're ready to hang up. (laughs) But halfway through the conversation, she hears John Story's name. And so she starts to pay attention. She's like, whoa, what? What what are you saying real quick? And Perry or Dottie would describe how she had a pelvic exam done in Story's (laughs) office. And she would tell Arden that story did something that she would rather not say.
0: Oh, my God.
1: But as soon as Arden heard this, she said, I don't want to hear any of this. I don't want to discuss this with you. This is pure gossip. This isn't fact. And she hung up the phone. But She regrets after- this later, doesn't she? Oh, you know she does. Mm-hmm. Soon after, because you'll find like she brings people to John Story's office. She brought dozens, including her own parents, and including her uh, husband's parents, including her daughters. Mm-hmm. Like it. Soon after this, her own daughters would even go into her own their house and would talk about how the girls at Lovell High School would call John Story "Stud Story." because of how he treated the girls during their athletic association physicals
0: stud story mm-hmm Ugh. gross they thought he, he was a stud or does that mean something else
1: I don't know they like did not
0: or like he tried to act like one. they didn't
1: go into detail about it I think it's more so how he acted because they would say that he would make them undress he would stare at their bodies He would make ignorant comments regarding their breasts and their pubic hair. And then he would then and he would then give what they would describe as like an intimate examination, even though it was not required for a physical.
0: Yeah. Like what? You're at some kind of association thing and you're
1: like for a fucking high school, Yeah, a physical for a high school. Are you joking me? But to this ardent,
0: like, so sorry. No, you're good. Middle school physicals. You know what they do? They made us do like ten crunches, ten. The fucking pacer test. You don't fucking bend over to like trace your spine to see if you had scoliosis. And I was like, I already wear a back brace. I have scoliosis. And then they just like the eye and the
1: ear exam it's just like fuck off they're making me die doing the fucking pacer exam no one's grabbing my tits like yeah stop (laughs) you're not getting undressed for anything. like getting comments are you kidding as a teenage girl you're having a grown-ass man stare at you and then make ignorant comments about your body are you joking me that is so so like what the fuck how did we even allow that to happen even as a fucking doctor it blows my mind but whatever to so this, Arden would just say, sure. I bet he even rapes them and puts cigarettes out on <gasps> their skin. Oh, and she ad- Arden. I know. It's, ooh, I want to feel a certain way about Arden sometimes because Arden makes me mad. But I, I just have to think about her position and her time. And in the end, she does right. crack the case open. So... I have mixed feelings, but at the end of the day, my mouth is sealed shut. Arden would also advise them that their whispering campaigns were the devil's work and that they needed (sighs) to hush. There was also a incident where Arden was in the room with her oldest daughter, Mary, while Mary was having a pelvic exam done to her by John Story. So as soon as story started, Mary would cry out in pain, explaining that Mm. it hurt. And John would simply reply, oh, for heaven's sakes, what's the matter with you? All girls your age masturbate. (gasps) When Mary stated that, no, in fact, I do not masturbate. John would say, if you wanted to have a good marriage, you should come back to me. So I can properly dilate you and you won't have any problems with your husband.
0: My jaw detached from my It's going to
1: detach even more because Arden would think how thoughtful of him (gasps) to reassure her daughter. He knows more than we do, she would say. When the daughter would be like, that's fucking creepy, mom. What the fuck was that? Well, because do they even
0: talk about masturbation at all no, and no. no so no why they don't they- even
1: there's there's one i uh i'm about to go into the daughter's uh stories but i didn't write this down i believe one of her daughters i believe it was minda had gone to the mom when she started her period and was like hey mom i started my period and arden was like you sure And the daughter realized that, like, that's all she's that's all the response she's getting from her mom. And she was like, okay. And so she just had to, like, walk away and, like, figure out what to do with her period because Arden wouldn't tell her because it's I'm it it makes me mad. And I know that you want to be mad at Arden as well. But it is literally like she was raised to uh, if you want to be a good Mormon wife, a good Mormon mother, this is something that you do not do. You do not talk to them. You do not like. It's like Arden does things where I get really mad, but then she does other things and I'm like, okay, like, I know that you care. It's just like, I think she's really having issues with her religion and efficacy, basic efficacy.
0: She's a product of her situation. Yes, Uh, exactly. And we see that obviously by her ethics and how she does certain things. But the way you make it sound is like, okay, later on.
1: she, She, She does, I think, like, try to fix the problem. But I don't by any means want to say that Arden did nothing wrong because we need to hold accountability that, yes, there were many times that this could have been stopped earlier or she could have at least like gotten her daughters out of that situation. But by no means am I trying to, at the end of the day, put blame on her because she right. did with the best that she could in the situation that she was put in. And I really do think at the end of the day, she atones for the mistakes that she made and she really realizes that she fucked up so it's like it's a really hard it's a hard it's a hard mix of emotions to feel and i don't it's hard to feel a certain way about it because this story is just fucking hard to take in it, it's ugh. yeah Ooh, and even though i don't think that we hear about mary uh for quite some time Arden's other daughters would be greatly affected Mm. because of the continuation of seeing this doctor. So the MacArthur's second oldest daughter, Meg, had gone to see Dr. Story just a year after this for her pre-college physical. So in her town, she had basically been seen as like the perfect daughter. She had the same like beauty as her mother Arden was seen as like a very beautiful woman and of course her daughters got the same genes as them she had blonde hair and blue green eyes she maintained a near 4.0 GPA she was the senior class president she was a member of the National Honor Society she was also a teacher and a leader in her church I mean she just like went above and beyond to excel and was really like trying to be one of those great a perfect mormon girls that society tells you to obtain to be Mm -hmm. but like most women in the mormon church she would have to live in the shadows of men in the community so because unfortunately no matter how great a woman's accomplishment or how great a woman's spirituality is in the mormon church they will never be able to become a holder of the priesthood because in their religion, it's only set aside for men. Yeah. So it, Meg kind of like describes in the book how she felt kind of overshadowed by the bishops in the church, the president of the church, the men leaders in the church, and even kind of like her father, because she would never be able to, I guess, be seen eye to eye as them. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but, other than that, she would describe her childhood as, like, nearly perfect. Well, that, aside from that, and an experience that she would have with a man named Baba say Hmm. So, Baba say would be, Bobassay, uh, I'm... Bobassay. Yeah, Bobassay. <laughs> so, he would be known as Uncle Bob to the MacArthur children, uh, uh, but in reality, he was the father's dean's distant cousin so he would regularly visit the farmhouse he would seemingly be like a really good time to be around he'd always tell the kids hey come sit on my lap come eat all of this candy and ice cream i just bought for you Uh, and he would also be the one to strip each child of their innocence every single one a majority of them oh my god it's i really don't know ultimately how many but it does say that like if one wouldn't comply he would go to the others so it, it at the end of the day i don't know but it, in the book it said it would strip each child of their innocence um, so how
0: many macarthur children were there uh,
1: Do we i know say it in the next bullet point i believe okay. there were nine
0: okay okay great yeah.
1: Yeah, Mormon, Mormons like to have big families.
0: Yeah, I knew that. That's why I was like, that's why I was like,
1: each yeah, and each think, and all of them. He took yeah, all of yeah, think, Uncle I Bob. Think it was like nine in total. Hmm. Meg would describe how essentially he would ask her to stroke his thing, <gasps> and she would not understand why it grew big. Oh. That was pretty much like the extent of the assault that I think I'm not entirely sure, but I think that she faced from him. Uh, Meg would explain that her upbringing did not prepare her for to have any means of defense for this, Mm -hmm. and when her own bishop asked if she masturbated when she was trying to renew her temple recommend, which. I don't know what it is, but I like I guess you need it in order to like be in the church, get married in the church. They they say it a lot to like renew the recommend or sign the recommend. But when she was trying to get this recommend from the church, the bishop would ask her, hey, do you masturbate? And she would be like, no. But then she would go to another girl and be like, what does masturbation mean? Like she didn't even know what that word meant. What the fuck? It would even take her, like, a couple of years to understand what truly happened to her with Uncle Bob. Yeah. But even after, of course, like, realizing, hey, what happened to me is really fucked up, she would continue to let him attack her out of fear that he would turn to her other sisters or turn to her other siblings And by the time they had, like, essentially banded against him to make it stop, the trauma was done. And she was, like, very fearful of men, of rape, of just any kind of sexual abuse, obviously. Right. So she had had three GAA physicals prior with story. And before he would simply just, like, knead his breasts, her breasts, he would place his hands in her underpants, but this was the furthest that he would go. And in this pre-college physical, this was the first physical where she was asked to fully strip by a nurse. So, of course, since the nurse asked her, hey, take off all your clothes, she complied, she would climb onto the cold table, he would say, my, how healthy you look? and instruct her to put her feet in the stirrups and scooch down. Now, there was a sheet that was draped across her up-raised knees so that she could essentially only see Dr. Story's head and shoulders as he approached her. As soon as the exam began, she described what felt as a painful jolt, and she yelled at him, stating that it hurt. Story appeared very flustered and basically snapped at her, saying that he couldn't finish the exam and that she would need to come back in order for him to finish. What? So due to this whole, like, odd experience, the pain, the sudden, like, snap at her, she did not want to go back. Yeah. And being a virgin at that time... She was too embarrassed to go to her mother and talk because, I mean, like, her mother, they don't talk about anything sexual, including what happens in a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. So she didn't feel comfortable to go and say, hey, something weird happened. I don't really know, like, how to feel about it. And she just decided, like, you know what? It's fine. Like, I got the physical done. I'm just not going to go back. I'm not going to worry about it. It wouldn't be until she looked at the form for her pre-college physical that she discovered that a pelvic exam was not even required i mean yeah i mean i could have told you that but and you see it like all like he's literally like sore throat pelvic exam yeah but it's like a stings pelvic exam
0: i know like uh, a pre-college physical uh back then was probably more common but it's not really as common nowadays
1: but especially nowadays it's just like that's like not i've <laughs> never in my
0: life have even heard of that so <laughs> i'm just kidding it's like but fuck. um just you know looking back to high school when you get your physicals and stuff it's just it's never required any kind of no. it's undressing really to, so
1: yeah it's really fucking hard to hear it's mm unfortunately and like meg i my heart really goes out to meg in this whole situation god just really gave her the shitty end of the stick and i don't know why maybe because she was so strong-willed and he felt that she could deal with it the best but like it really it's hurtful hearing her story so when she goes off to college at utah state this would not be the last instance of sexual assault that Mm. she would face and honestly, I do not list every instance of it. So just make that aware. Like, I'm not even saying everything that happens to her outside of her experience of Doctor Story. Like, a lot yeah. happens to this girl. My heart really goes out to her. Fuck. She really just wanted, like, that fucking perfect Mormon relationship, that Mormon life. Like, it literally, she reminds me of Heather so much on Salt Lake City, Real Housewives. Like she wants to have that perfect mormon marriage and that perfect mormon life and like i just my heart goes out to her she really wanted to have that ending so she did everything that she could to try and get it she would meet this lds member by the name of greg hagan who would take minda out on a date and then on the walk home would proceed to throw her against a wall and grab her breast what the fuck Thankfully, she was able to get away. She, like, was able to lock her door and scream and, like, get this stupid motherfucker away. But when she went to tell the temple what happened to them, they would be like, oh, yeah, don't worry, we'll take care of him. I guess what they meant by taking care of him would mean that he would be married in the temple, in the temple that you'd like need to be pure and sacrificial and you can't even be raped to be in this temple. But if you rape someone, I guess that means that you could be married at this temple because he was married within the month, within the month, married in the very same temple that she put out a complaint to. So basically, he's just a part of the club.
0: Yep. Sounds like you need to rape someone to be a part of the club.
1: Yep assholes if you're offended by that we're not sorry because look at this fucking club I mean, that they're joining what the fuck just wait if if you're not offended just wait until i say the later <laughs> shit because <laughs> so yeah it's fucking disgusting um move temples don't be associated with that temple because they support rapists and like i said unfortunately she just like continues she becomes date she gets date raped um she is in another relationship where she's assaulted I'm it's just my heart goes out to her Meg like you did nothing wrong it's these terrible people that just took advantage of you and like you did nothing wrong it's thankfully eventually she does find her happy ending though she marries the town milkman (laughs) which I think is really cute his name is Dan Anderson and they get married in fall of 1981 and soon become pregnant Now, her husband, Dan, would actually ask Meg not to go see Dr. Story because their family had a history with him. Dr. Story had the family had essentially lost their trust in Dr. Story after they had sent Dan's brother, Jerry. ...out onto the football field with an injured neck. I guess, like, further injuring him. Ugh. And so after that, they were kind of like, we don't trust you. You're not as careful as you should be. Whatever. It doesn't really say anything to the rumor of sexual assault, but they, like, did his brother wrong. And so after that, they yeah, were like, we that's don't want to deal that, with you.
0: I assumed that assault, like, sexual assault was involved with their family. Yeah, but, I was but kind still, of confused by that one. but um, Impractical medically to... yeah clear someone to play football when they're
1: injured so reason enough and it's like obviously rumors had been going on so i'm sure that the family had some inkling of the rumors that were going on about him if it played a part i don't know it was mainly like him doing the brother wrong and further injuring his neck the the family was just like i don't think we could ever trust someone who you know did that to our son which i totally get uh but when of course Meg would go to her mom Arden and be like, "Hey, Dan doesn't want me to go to Doctor Story." Arden would be like, "No, no, 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 no. He's been your family doctor for for fucking ever, Meg. Like, come on. No, you're gonna go to Doctor Story."
0: Shut up, Meg. Shut. The-
1: yeah. So <laughs> Sorry. she would. That was a
0: Family Guy reference, <laughs> not an insult
1: to Meg. For clarity. <laughs> but literally, like Meg is the Meg of the. <laughs> I hate it, but it seriously is. Okay, sorry. We have to make some light jokes, you know? So she would continue having these painful exams with Dr. Story, and in the book, it would say that, like, her husband would come home and see her sprawled out on the couch and be like, oh, another exam with Story? And she'd be like, yeah. And sometimes f- she would be sprawled out on the sofa for, like, three days because she what? was in so much pain. Yeah. Yeah. Not normal. Not normal. So Meg would eventually give birth to her son in 1982, though her birth was, like, really intense. I believe that she tried to give birth naturally and ended up having to get some kind of C-section. And they cut, like, a huge amount. Like, it required over 200 stitches for her Ah. to heal. So... It was only a matter of time before she, like, obviously had to go back and see him. Obviously, she had, like, over 200 stitches in her. And because of this, you'll find out later on that, like, she does have some problems having sex with her husband. And so that's it. Like, unfortunately, is another reason why she has to go back to figure out, like, why is it so painful down there? Oh, my God. He annihilated her. Yeah. (sighs) So... He would say when he went to go, when Meg went to go visit Story, he would say that this is his thing that he will say. And like, that's his fucking term for rape is like, oh, I need to dilate you. And Meg would say that she began to notice that any time he went to dilate her, he would turn on the sink. He would pull out a pair of latex gloves He started to squeeze gel onto his hand and began probing her uterine walls with his fingers, asking if it was hurting her. So Meg, of course, would reply yes. It would begin to hurt so bad that she would even begin to pull up on, like, scoot up on the seat in pain. She was so astounded by the pain. She was like, there is no way that, like, a finger, that an instrument could be doing this to me, like... If he is using an instrument, like, he needs to buy a smaller one. Like, what is he using? A freaking, like, pumpkin to dilate me? Like, she uh... tried to get a glimpse at what could be doing this to her. But she noticed nothing on the tray other than that white tube of gel. And when Dr. Story had, like, left to the sink and then came back to begin probing her again she noticed nothing in his hands
0: what the fuck oh god
1: so when he came back and was continuing his exam with essentially nothing because all she saw was that white tube of gel she in her mind could not help but compare how the pain felt similar to her husband in fact like there was a a point where she was like, if I wanted to feel this pain, I would have just had sex with my husband. Uh... He would probe around for four to five more minutes before asking if he should go any further.
0: Why, why Why the fuck would he ask if he knows the answer?
1: She stated it all feels the same. And he noticed that he was staring right at her face. Like, while he was asking, while she was giving the answer. He would continue his exam for what felt like forever. And by the time she was able to leave and look at her watch, she noticed that the exam took over three hours to complete.
0: What the fuck?
1: This would happen to her again, not long after. And this time... He asked if she wanted to help guide it in. What is it? His fist? Guide the instrument in.
0: Oh, my God.
1: She would say no. And he would continue to do his probing and asked if it hurts. And she was going so crazy in her mind. She's just like, he wants me to hurt. If I scream, no, no. that's like he wants me to say yes if I say no maybe that will make him stop so she screams out no I'm fine like stop like no it doesn't hurt me it worked and the sick fuck got off of her (gasps) and he basically said go get dressed oh my god so right before this incident Meg had just been sealed to her husband and son in like a beautiful soaring temple ceremony at Idaho Falls at Idaho Falls which uh basically to her like Meg had worked a really hard time because she had been sexually assaulted uh because she had been honest with her sexual assault to the church there had been moments where she was disfellowshipped like they did kick her out And she worked really hard to get back into the church. They basically said, like, when she first said that she was sexually assaulted by that dude, they were like, you need to be chaste now. You can't, like, be doing stuff like that. Like, that's the reason why you were raped, whatever. So she, like, held her chastity. She really worked hard to get back into the church. So when she finally married Dan and finally, like, got back in and had this, sealing ceremony at the temple it was really like her moment of completion she's like finally me and my family get to be in the celestial kingdom because of her past experiences and the fucking sick way that this church worked she really thought that because of her trauma she was not going to be able to be accepted into the kingdom Mm -hmm. and so finally when she was in that ceremony it she did not want to lose that she didn't she couldn't go back she couldn't like how could that beautiful moment be taken away from her so it forced her to not say anything about what happened to her she didn't want to get it all taken away it gives me goosebumps because it's just so fucking devastating the like most that she does with this is she does approach her sister minda and she says hey I because in her mind, Meg, like thinking back to Uncle Bob, she's like, I don't want Story to do this to my sisters as well, but I don't want them to, like, think that I'm crazy or something. So she goes to her sister, Minda, and she goes, hey, like, I know that this seems really crazy, but I really think that I saw Dr. Story's penis. (gasps) And her sister, Minda, would laugh and she goes, yeah, I saw it, too, four years ago. But then she would make a joke basically saying that oh he just leaves his fly down all the time the girl shared an awkward laugh and basically said no more on the matter
0: oh my god
1: so now let's talk about Minda so Minda McArthur here and it was nine she was the fifth out of nine children so she definitely had some middle child syndrome when talking about her childhood, she would <laughs> – she sounds kind of like me. Like, she complains. She's like, I don't like doing this. I don't like doing that. Like, it's hard <laughs> working on the farm. I don't really want to do anything. Blah. Uh, she was very much a tomboy. Like, she loved playing sports. Um, she didn't really like dressing up. She loved playing the trumpet. She was just very much, like, a boy's boy. Didn't talk to girls or anything like that. And even, like – So I guess, like, girl had it going on, because, like, guys seemed to really like her, but if, like, a guy would kiss her, she just, or, like, if a guy seemed interested in her, she would just, like, be so oblivious and be like, oh, what's that? (laughs) So she was just kind of like, "Eh." (laughs) meh. She was often described as, like, nervous, but very bright and quick, and she would always be found either laughing or talking. Uncle Bob would unfortunately begin to assault Megan at the age of seven she would talk about how she used to sneak down and sleep in front of the old gas fireplace of the family's living room when she was younger because the dad was really weird and like i guess wyoming it's pretty cold so the dad would keep the thermostat to like 53 so it was fucking (laughs) cold in that house yeah so she would go like into the living room to try and like find some kind of warmth so she could survive the night now uncle bob would like I don't know if he was fucking peeping through the windows or what, but he somehow caught on that she had been sleeping in the living room, basically unattended, and began to sneak into the home after the parents went to bed. Uh, There was one night where he did try to attack her, and basically she would panic and push him off and run into her room, and she would no longer sleep in the living room, essentially just sleeping in her mom's closet after that point because the warm pipes and ducks kind of did the same thing that the fireplace did and the uncle never found her there. So she didn't have to worry about being bothered. She would often like in her younger years, get in trouble for her parent with her parents for like not doing chores around the house because she would spend the day hiding from uncle Bob. Mm. And at the age of eight, she, it breaks my heart when She was getting ready for her baptism. She would, like, cry and scream to her mother, like, I'm unworthy. I do not deserve this baptism. I'm not clean because they're taught, like, you need to be clean in order to have this or whatever. And the mom, like obviously she wouldn't tell Arden what was going on so Arden would like it's so fucking sad because Minda would say like she obviously tried her best but Arden would like write notes and put it on the mirror for Minda to read like I am beautiful I am like worthy or whatever Mm. like little quotes for her to read and be like you know just breaks my heart but either way she kind of like essentially forced Minda to get baptized and Meg or Minda Meg is the first one. Now we're talking about Minda, the second. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're good. So, um, like, Arden would force Minda to get the baptism anyways, and Minda just, like, sobbed the entire time. Oh. So the family, of course, like we've mentioned, never openly talked about sex, and it took a lot of courage, but finally the children of the MacArthurs had had enough And at the age of 10 or 11, when Minda was 10 or 11, all of the children got together, sat their parents down, and told them everything that was happening with Uncle Bob. Now, the parents and the children basically cried and talked about everything that had happened. And then when Uncle Bob showed up and walked into the house, the family would go. Go and get root beer floats with him. <sighs> they never kicked him out of the house. They never said anything to him. Other than making sure that the children were never alone or around him. Like alone. Which Minda said broke her fucking heart. It hurt her more than the actual assault. Yeah. Um. What I don't know if she knew. And I don't know if it was ever... N- Was that um, Dean Arden had actually reported Bob to the bishop, but nothing came of it. Mm. And their father, Dean, was also working part-time for Uncle Bob. So it's kind of hard to say if, like, that was another reason why they didn't want to, like, flat-out kick him out. Because, like, that was their income. But either way, it's just all fucked up. Mm -hmm. And, of course, like, the bishop did nothing to stop Bob. Like, they had known about this for quite some time, and they had signed that fucking temple recommendation to get him married after this, so it's just whatever. Yeah. Uh, she said later on that another teenager had even gone to her dad crying about his own experience with Uncle Bob, and that nothing came of that instance either. Oh, my. When she, Minda, had told the bishop what had happened to her with Uncle Bob, stating that she was unworthy... The bishop thankfully told her that she had done nothing wrong and gave her the temple recommend, which is why she had to go see the bishop in the first place. And she would go off to the temple in Idaho Falls and be baptized uh, for the dead. So I, I, I wanted to leave that point in to show like not all of the fucking bishops were assholes like this one at least heard the assault and said hey you didn't do anything wrong but they didn't really do anything past that either
0: yeah.
1: um but at least they kind of gave her that reassurance of that um but after the bob assay incident Art and the mom would basically tighten up how the girls dressed it would be demanded that like t-shirts be worn as underwear and the modest clothing fully cover their garment which if you are not a part of the mormon culture it was explained in the book that a garment is worn basically to protect against Satan. It is a cotton sack that is in the shape of an old-fashioned BVDs. I have no idea what that is, but that's what the book said. Um, It has a trap door for the rear, and it has an arcane slit and markings over the private areas, and it is meant to be worn over the skin for life. And I mean like they never take it off for life um women will give birth in it they ask that it be left on in surgery though later on like it's a joke made that doctors will take it off of them as soon as they're under anesthesia they swim in it they shower in it they even have sex in it so like this thing stays on forever whoa yeah, <laughs> as, <laughs> I, I was kind of shocked to read about that. I don't know how many of them practice that nowadays, but whoa. So as Minda grew older and continued to see Dr. Story, she too would be subjected to the rumors that he was kinky and often messing with girls in his office. Of this, she would say that there is no way that he would be seen uh, that he could be doing this. And Minda was actually like one of his biggest supporters in the community. Oh, she would ultimately end up meeting a boy in her junior year of high school named Scott Brinkhoff, and he was a devout Mormon, had similar interests and values in her, and so she was like, hmm, I like you, you like me. So they started, you know, meeting up, getting together. Um, they did have some premarital sex, which was a oh. little scandalous back oh. in the day. But it is basically... And this is where I say, like, the parents are kind of, like, cool, kind of not, like, when she... Arden and Dean found out they were basically like okay you're having premarital sex like we're not going to stop you we just want you to be careful hmm. so I was like that's cool but of course they weren't careful <laughs> and <laughs> M- Minta ended up getting pregnant and it was like a real big thing like they are The families already didn't really like each other. Like, so the dad, Gerald, had actually done some work for Doctor Story and thought of him as a kind of weird dude because he wanted to, like, switch the exam door around to make it so, like, the lock could be locked from the inside, not the outside. Yeah, And... Ultimately, like they had to end up doing that, but it, he just got a weird vibe from him. So he was like, I kind of don't like Doctor Story and these ardent or these MacArthur's or like they didn't like the business that they were running or something like that, or they were like perfect. I don't know. There was just beef within the family. And of course, when Minda got pregnant, they were like, Oh, that damn MacArthur girl seduced our son. And of course, like she's the reason why she got pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Right. And ultimately, they kind of just like let bygones be bygones and they decided to ultimately support the pair and they would end up getting married on january 23rd of 1976 though i do believe that they had like issues with the church obviously there were like consequences to that um like they didn't seem i guess guilty about the fact that they had gotten pregnant outside of marriage so there are like religious undertones with that issue as well that Mm -hmm. i'm not even gonna get into but um And, of course, because she is pregnant, she needs to start seeing a doctor again. So she starts her visits with John's story. When they got there, he would give her compliments on, like, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful. It is so unfair for how so much beauty can be allotted to just one family. Mm. She would be like, okay, whatever. And when he said that he had to examine down there... She began to wonder during these examinations, like why it was taking longer and longer for him to complete them. So she would say over like the multiple exams that she had, that sometimes she would show up around one to one thirty to two p.m. and she wouldn't be finished in the office until like five thirty p.m. What the fuck? She would say that sometimes she would have to wait hours to even get in the stirrups. And sometimes Dr. Story would even leave in the middle of his proking and probbing to go see another patient, and that once he came back, he seemed more energetic and readier for action. Ugh. He would go on to deliver her child, and even go on to deliver her second child, both boys through C-section, on January 17th of 1978. Her second child was in 1978, her first child shortly after. Sorry, that was probably confusing. Mm. <laughs> um, though the prenatal care for her second pregnancy seemed more intense than the last, with a pelvic exam needed every month for eight months <clears throat> and then once a week until she delivered, which, hi, I had a baby not that long ago. You, they don't ask that. They don't require that. So. Hmm. In early nineteen of seventy nine, Minda would end up stepping <laughs> on a lag of screw. Sorry, huh?
0: Early nineteen of seventy nine. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Just the white button. Funny. Sorry,
1: <laughs> Minda would end up stepping on a lag screw, and she had to be rushed to the clinic. Now, of course, Doctor Story would see that she was there and. Uh, blah, 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 sorry. Of course, doctor's story. Upon seeing her, would notice that she had not had a pelvic exam in quite some time. Oh my god! So he would tell her, "Hey, go ahead and take off your clothes, get in the stirrup, and uh, by the way, how's your sex life with <gasps> your husband?" She would annoyingly tell him, "It's just fine." She would climb onto the table, and then she would wait for the exam to begin. He began to knead her breast. And then start his finger work downstairs, asking if it hurt while she confirmed that it in fact did. After some time, he told her, Minda, maybe if you help guide it in, it would be better. I can feel you're really tight. She thought there is no way I'm going to help this man hurt me. And so she said, no, doctor story. I don't think I can get it in any easier. I guess seemingly upset by the response, Story would step off to the side of the table and she would feel something warm (gasps) slip between her fingers. She would freak out at first thinking it was a medical instrument, but would cover it up as her coughing. And so he wouldn't notice her reaction. Though at that moment, she thought this is exactly what a penis feels like. Oh, my God. She would then feel something poke against her bare thigh, and she would describe it feeling as if it was his belt buckle, though it wasn't cold when it touched her. He would step away and tell her after the exam was over that she was, in fact, two months pregnant. She was upset because, one, that meant that her birth control had failed, but, two, she seemed more upset over the feeling that something happened in the exam room that had not been right and i want to mention that her form of birth control was foam so it's not a pill was it's what? not a foam oh. it's um like you use it while you're having sex yeah. to prevent you getting pregnant you use it like 15 to 20 minutes before sex it's like a spermicide that you'll like put in your vagina or something yeah. and it kills the sperm so you don't get pregnant It is not something, what I'm trying to say is that the type of birth control that she was using does not prevent pregnancy, like, if you have it without having the foam. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you need to have the foam every time you have sex. Yeah. Long story short. use it
0: as you have sex. Yeah.
1: Yes. She would experience this same kind of, like, out-of-body thinking kind of scenario when six months later, when, according to Dr. Story, her baby was almost due She was shocked by the incident of, like, feeling the penis between her hands and ran to her mother to tell her what had happened. Arden would, of course, shoo away the accusation. And when Minda pressed, saying no, Mom, like, with Uncle Bob, I know what a penis feels like, Arden would say, honey, you're just blue. He's the only doctor you've ever had. Just go get some rest. Like, don't worry about it. Doctor's story would end up inducing Minda. Though with this being her third pregnancy, she couldn't help but thinking that the baby wasn't quite ready. Didn't feel like it was time for her to deliver.
0: And, you know, the whole thing with all these C-sections is it made like a red flag pop up.
1: Yeah, I think with the first one, it may have been needed, but yeah, it's weird. So when the C-section happened with her, her third child, a baby girl she noticed that the child was so tiny and that it had to be rushed over to the preemie ward and it the baby had to stay there for over a week. Dr. Story would list her weight as seven pounds though Minda thought she looked just half of that and the child did get wet lung which is an illness that often happens in premature children and though Story insisted that the baby girl was full term the doctor at the hospital said that she was born six to eight weeks early the baby also had a head of jet black hair that differed so significantly from her other two blonde baby boys that mendo would think it looks almost exactly like doctor stories no. Put a bookmark in that, we'll get back.
0: Okay.
1: So the pair would move after this event. But now pregnant with her fourth child, Minda had no other choice but to go back to John's story as no other doctor would take her after she had needed three sections in or- C-sections in order to deliver. They basically said, like, you have to go back to your original doctor. It's just, like, too dangerous, I guess, for us to want to do it. Oh. So she would take care of herself the first six months of her pregnancy, and then the last two, she moved her and her kids over to her parents' house, where in that short time, she would experience seven more pelvic exams, each more painful than the last. During the delivery, she was suddenly put under anesthesia, and it was like a very, like high intense moment where he's like just put her down just put her down immediately and so she kind of wakes up frazzled she's like what the heck just happened like what's going on she was informed that in the middle of her c-section her father dean had actually experienced a heart attack and that doctor story had to put her under so that he could go and save her his life
0: oh my god
1: Unfortunately, this is an instance that like completely changes her mind about him and she's like he just saved my father. There is no way that he could have he could be hurting me like this. That he could have done something like rape me. Mm-hmm. This whole incident with Uncle Bob has completely warped my mind like I'm I'm just really mistaking him being rough with me for like just him being a good doctor. At least this is what she believes until her sister Meg approaches her with that crazy realization that she thinks that she's seen Dr. Story's penis. Hmm. She when she first heard the accusation, she thought, why can't this why can't this doctor just fucking get it together? Why does he have to make everyone so suspicious of him that he'd like he's just trying to do his job? Why does he keep doing this? It makes no sense. But when just a few months later she went to visit him for a sore throat and a bad hip, she was asked to get on the stirrups once again.
0: Mm -mm.
1: How's your daughter Amber Dawn, he'd ask. Fine, Uh she'd reply. He'd touch and examine her entire body and tell her to scoot down and get ready for the exam. Before she would have to remind him to check her throat because in fact that is one of the reasons why she is there. When the doctor finally looked inside of her tongue, he said that it looked fine, despite her looking just a few hours prior and seeing a lump and what looked like raw hamburger meat at the back of her throat.
0: Hmm.
1: He painfully examined her and said, you have healed so nicely. You look like you're ready to have another baby. (gasps) She replied, you tied my tubes the last time you gave you we did a c-section remember to which he would reply i don't remember you're really pink inside you look really nice but i'll have to get in further to see if everything's okay if i dilate you it would help make things go a lot easier
0: what the fuck
1: she mumbled okay and started at the ceiling tiles as she always did but it was after that visit that she would drive straight over to her mother's house To blow the whistle on this entire story, Mm. and that is where I am ending the first part of this motherfucking episode. Shit, toot Uh, toot! Oh my god! The twisty turnies. It's yeah. Okay. Did I did I did I deliver? I hope I hope I did. I hope I hyped it up as much as I should have.
0: Hell yeah. I mean, my jaw has been on the floor this entire time, and uh, it's just so sick. I need to know what happens next.
1: Yeah, it is fucked up. Um Sarah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to make you wait like just like a little <laughs> less than 12 hours, but <laughs> stay tuned. We'll probably drop the second part like I would say sometime Friday afternoon, if not Saturday. So it is coming shortly after. We're going to try our best to get these out right in a row because this is a story that like it needs to be finished because oh my god, it's fucking insane, but Ugh, yeah, I procrastinate as always and I fucking got shit. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> but until next time, guys, be sure to follow us on uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Good Pods, YouTube. I think I got it because I'm sober this time. Yeah. <laughs> At RARW Podcast. And if you're feeling lonely, send us an email. And if anything, you just tap that five star right down there and leave a <laughs> comment too.
0: Red Rum and Red Wine podcast at gmail.com Yep, and
1: catch ya, catch ya at this next part. See ya, catch ya at part two, bitches. A couple of hours, don't. It's just, it's right at the tip of your fingers. Just wait, just wait. Okay, okay, bye. bye. <laughs>